Welcome to the Dark Whales Tours podcast. On this podcast, we will explore the vast history of Wales, looking at the myths, legends, and ghosts of this magical and mystical country. Wales has been the heart of Britain's supernatural beliefs for many centuries. And in this episode, we will be looking at a castle that does not just hold the spirits of its former human inhabitants, but is also said to be the home of a ghostly ape whose screams echo through the night, filling those who hear them with absolute terror. Carew Castle lies in the parish of Carew, a few miles from Pembroke. It was built around 1100 by Gerald de Windsor, husband of the famous Princess Nest, whose family owned the land and the fort that was later cleared to build the Norman fortress, which still stands today. Through their descendants, that castle was improved and extended. It is still technically owned by the Caru family, who have held on to it for centuries, except during the Tudor period, where it reverted to the crown and was leased to various tenants. They have now leased it to the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park, who look after the upkeep of this ruined but fascinating castle. It is from the origins of the castle where we get the first stories of a ghostly figure seen wandering the battlements and seen staring out of an upstairs window. The figure has been seen so often throughout the centuries that it's universally agreed that this is the spirit of Princess Nest, the daughter of one of the last kings in Wales and the wife of Gerald, the man who built the castle. Princess Nest was born around 1080. Her father was Rhys Ap Tudor, the King of Deirbath. After the Norman conquest of England and travellers in Wales, William the Conqueror and Rhys came to an agreement whereby Rhys would pay homage to William. In return, William would allow Rhys to keep his lands and title of king. However, this alliance did not last past William's death, and Rhys was unable to withstand the increasing Norman pressure. This culminated in a battle at Brecon in 1093, where Rhys was killed. At least one of Rhys's sons fled to Ireland. His other sons were captured and executed. His 14-year-old daughter, Princess Nest, was brought as a hostage to the court of King William II of England commonly referred to as William Rufus. It was while she was living in England where Nest met the first of many men she was to have children with. Princess Nest was said to have been an exceptionally beautiful lady. 19th century writers would call her the Helen of Wales after the famous Greek beauty Helen of Troy. It was this beauty that caught the attention of Prince Henry, brother of King William II and future King Henry I. Their affair lasted past Henry's coronation and also continued after Henry married Matilda of Scotland. Nest gave Henry a son, Henry FitzHenry, born in 1103. With his name being FitzHenry, it shows that Henry did publicly acknowledge the paternity of his child. Sometime after, 
Henry's older brother, Robert, Duke of Normandy, led an unsuccessful rebellion against him. Henry married Nest after Gerald de Windsor. This resulted in Nest moving back to Wales where Gerald removed the fort at Carrow and built a castle for the couple to live in. Nest settled into married life and produced five children with Gerald. However, in 1109, a cousin of Nest came to celebrate Christmas with the couple at Carrow, Owen Ap Cadwagan. During the celebrations, Owen became captivated by Nest's beauty and resolved that she would be his. When night fell, Owen and his companions started a fire within the castle. They then made their way towards Gerald and Nest's bedroom. Hearing the commotion and thinking the castle was under attack, Nest urged Gerald to escape by sliding down a latrine shaft. With her husband gone, there was nothing in Owain's way. He took Nest and rode off into the night. The abduction shocked not only Wales, but England too. Nest's former lover, King Henry, was furious and demanded Owain return Nest to her husband. The king bribed Welsh lords to find and attack Owain and his father, starting a minor civil war in Wales. This led to Owain and his father fleeing to Ireland, but before they fled, they returned Nest to her husband. This was not the end of the story, however. Shortly after this, the Welsh rose in rebellion against the English, and Owain was summoned back from Ireland by King Henry to aid in crushing the rebellion. Owain obeyed the king and returned, thinking all had been forgiven. However, Owain was paired up with Gerald to fight the rebels. Before any battle took place, Owain was ambushed and killed by a group of Flemish archers who were led by Gerald. It seems Nest's former lover and her husband had worked together to use the rebellion to seek revenge on Owain once and for all. Gerald died a year later, and their sons then married Nest off to Stephen of Cardigan, whom she had a son, Robert Fitzstephen, who went on to become one of the Norman conquerors of Ireland. Nest died in 1136, but it is said her spirit never left Carrow Castle. She has been seen walking around the upper parts of the castle. Her ghost is said to give an aura of sadness. And longing. This has led to a theory that could change the way we see the story of Nest's abduction by Owain. The theory says that it was not an abduction at all. Nest and Owain actually fell in love and Nest left with him willingly. Much like the Greek Helen of Troy, Princess Nest's beauty led to her leaving her older husband for a younger man only to become the focus of a fierce rivalry that ended with the young lover being killed. The comparisons between these two women were so striking to Victorian historians that they named Princess Nest Helen of Wales. The ghost of Princess Nest has been seen countless times over the years. In one instance, she was witnessed by a scientist who was all alone in the castle at night to conduct a study on the species of bats that now call Caru Castle home. The scientist had just finished setting up her equipment and settled down in order to begin 
the night's work, when she saw, floating above one of the crumbling walls, the outline of a lady wearing a long, pale dress. The figure floated towards an upper window at the far side of the castle, and then vanished into thin air. The scientist said that it was like watching a projection of an old movie replaying in front of her very eyes. Could the scientist have witnessed a replayed memory of the castle? A memory of Princess Nest walking to a window in order to search the horizon for her lost love? There is another castle close by to Karu that has a connection with Princess Nest and her family. Manabia Castle, which is built on a site with thousands of years of history. From 4000 to 2000 BC, Neolithic people built cliff castles and introduced farming to the area. The site has seen continuous human inhabitation since then. The current castle was built by William de Barry and his descendants who turned the area into an ideal home and estate. Princess Nest's daughter, Angharad, married William de Barry and the two moved into Manabia Castle where their son Gerald of Wales was born. Gerald of Wales went on to become a very trusted member of the clergy. Just like his grandmother, Princess Nest, Gerald of Wales was able to go to England and strike up a friendship with the English King Henry II and also his son Prince John who went on to become King John after the death of his brother King Richard I. Manabia Castle stayed within the family until 1359 when the Dabaris sold it off. It eventually reverted to the crown and in the 17th century it was purchased by the Bowen family who sold it to the current owners the Phillips family in 1670. Even though the majority of the castle is a ruin it is a small house within the walls that was built in the 19th century for members of the family who even today use it to stay inside their castle. Though there may be some of Ness's descendants still roam in the castle, as the family have reported several ghostly phenomena over the years, from objects moving by themselves to seeing ghostly figures floating around the walls of Manabia Castle. It is even said that the ghost of Gerald of Wales is still residing at the castle of his birth. The room where he is believed to have been born is set up as it may have looked during his time, including a bed with covers on it. It seems that Gerald likes to sleep in this bed, as staff members quite often report finding the bed covers have moved during the night as if someone has slept there. Could it be that Gerald returned in spirit form to his castle, just like his grandmother Princess Nest has returned to Karu Castle. Nest, however, is not the only ghost to have been seen and heard within the walls of Karu Castle. There have also been many reports of people hearing a scream coming from the Northwest Tower, a scream that is not human. It is said to be the scream of a ghostly Barbary ape which is said to haunt the castle. The story of how an ape came to Caro Castle starts with the tenant of the castle, Sir Roland Rees. The tale says that Sir Roland caught sight of a shipwreck one day and went to see 
if he could be of any help. He discovered it was a Spanish ship, and the only soul alive was that of a Barbary ape. Sir Roland took the ape back to Carrow Castle and kept it in the Northwest Tower, caring for it and even training it. He became so attached to the animal that he even gave it a name, though the name he chose suggests he had sinister intentions because Sir Roland named the ape Satan. A few years later, Sir Roland's son and heir fell in love with the daughter of a local merchant. Knowing that his father would never allow him to marry beneath his social status, Sir Roland's son decided to run away with his love. A striking comparison to the story of Nest. When he found out, Sir Roland was furious. He sent an order for the two lovers to return to Carrow Castle and explain themselves to him. Thinking that this might be an opportunity to explain their love and have Sir Roland accept it, the pair returned to the castle. The merchant was also summoned to the castle to explain his daughter's actions. Upon his arrival, he was taken to the Northwest Tower, where Sir Roland was waiting for him with the menacingly named Satan the ape. Rather than coming to terms with the relationship, Sir Roland ordered the well-trained ape to kill the merchant. In the struggle that ensued, the ape was able to seriously injure the merchant but failed in killing him, as the servants, upon hearing the screams, rushed in to save the poor man. After the servants had attended to the merchant's wounds and reunited them with his daughter, they ventured back into the room to try and calm Sir Roland down. When they opened the door, they were met by a chilling sight. Sir Roland was laying in a pool of blood, his throat having been slashed, and Satan the ape was next to the fire, burnt to a crisp, but still smiling its sinister smile. Nobody knew what had transpired during the moments the servants were away. It is within this fireplace in the Northwest Tower where people have said they have seen the ghostly face of a fierce ape engulfed in flames. People have also said they have heard its terrifying scream during the night echoing across the fields that surround the castle. Ghosts and spirits of animals have been spoken of for many centuries all over the world. From the ghosts of long dead pets to spirit guides that take the form of animals in order to aid us. Animal spirit guides have played a part in many mythologies over the centuries but are most well known with the Native American tribes. Within their belief system, the Native Americans have numerous animal spirits that each have their own meaning. For example, seeing a bear spirit tells you to stand up for what you believe in. An otter tells you to lighten up and play more, and a bat signifies that people are keeping secrets from you. The animals that came in spirit form are the everyday animals that the Native Americans would have encountered in their everyday lives. Some of these animals were even part of the creation myths that were passed down through the generations. We have also looked in previous episodes at the occasions where a ghostly dog had been seen in and around a mine in Wales just before disaster struck. Hearing the growl of a demon dog is also said to foretell doom and death, as was seen in our Death Omens episode. Sir Roland was not the only Welsh aristocrat to have a love 
the exotic animals. The third Marquis of Bute, who rebuilt Cardiff Castle and also Castle Cork, had a passion for animals. So much so, he instructed his architect, William Burgess, to incorporate animals into the designs of every room. As you explore Cardiff Castle and Castle Cork, you can see that there are animals everywhere, some hidden and some more obvious. Burgess even designed a whole wall for outside the castle gates that featured different animals. The Animal Wall, as it is lovingly called by the people of Cardiff, was finished after Burgess's death and originally featured nine animals, a hyena, wolf, baboons, seal, bear, lioness, lynx and two different lions. They were painted to look real and even had glass eyes that glared down on people as they passed by the castle. In 1922, the wall was moved 50 feet to its current location, and in 1931, a further six animals were added, a pelican, anteater, raccoon, leopard, beaver, and vulture. By now, the paint had worn off the original nine, and the decision was taken not to paint the new animals, and also not to repaint the old ones. In the 1930s, the South Wales Echo created a series of cartoon strips showing the animals exploring Cardiff. This brought the wall to the attention of the wider public of Wales, and since then, the animal wall is a must-see feature of the city. There is another ghostly phenomenon that has been experienced in Carrow Castle that could also be attributed to Sir Rowland. During the day, and also when the staff are locking up for the night. A sound is heard reverberating off the walls of the castle. The sounds of heavy footsteps pacing the empty, ruined rooms. These footsteps are traditionally associated with Sir Roland. It is said that his spirit is still stomping through the castle in frustration that his son would dare defy him and want to marry someone so far below him. He may also be frustrated with his beloved ape, who it seems turned on his master after he attacked the merchant, causing the death of not only Sir Roland, but the ape as well. The footsteps are often heard coming from the upper floors that no longer exist, supporting the theory that this is what is often known as an atmospheric echo. The theory that the energy we leave behind can resurface and replay sights and sounds from the past. We have explored this theory in our other episodes and seen how it can be proven using science in the way that walls can retain and record sounds just like a tape recorder. So what is your opinion? Is there a ghostly ape wandering the ruined rooms of Karu Castle, howling at people as they walk around? Could it be possible for spirits of animals to linger in our world just like their human counterparts. Is Princess Nest still there too, roaming the castle that played such a pivotal moment in her life? Was she abducted or did she run away? Caro Castle seems to have a theme of forbidden love throughout its history, of falling for someone who was deemed as the wrong person or beneath your status. The strength and courage to stand up and fight for the person you love can, as it is seen throughout history, have devastating consequences. Sometimes for the person in love, 
or others around them. Had Roland accepted his son's heart's desires, would he have met such a brutal end? Or was his fate inevitable by keeping such a dangerous animal as a pet in the first place? Caro seems to have many secrets waiting to be unveiled, only if you are brave enough to explore its medieval walls and a chance encounter with a fierce ape. If you have your own story to share on this or any of the other topics in our podcasts, then please email us on darkwales at hotmail.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dark Wales Tours podcast. Please be sure to visit us on www.darkwalestours.co.uk and also check out our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter feeds for news of our tours that we conduct in various locations around Wales and also for news of more episodes of this podcast. Please be sure to listen to the other episodes in the podcast with new episodes being released every two weeks. Until next time, Diochen Vaur, thank you very much. The Dark Wales Tours podcast is produced and delivered by Matthew Rose and Luke Alcock, owners of Dark Wales Tours.